book of Luke, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Luke 16 contains within it an account that Jesus gives of a real person who existed, two, two real people actually that existed, that died, one went to paradise, and uh, one went to Abraham's bosom, and the other one went, went to hell for all eternity. And uh, this is a passage that is, uh, is oftentimes called a parable with the idea that it was just a story that Jesus made up uh, in order to ex express some principles, not literal things. That's not true, and the reason why you know that's not true as you look down in verse 19, it starts out and says there, there was a certain rich man, not just a rich man, not just somebody that we made up for a story, but it was a certain. So he's talking about actual people and the, those actual people that he's speaking of are still, you know, well, the ones caught up into, into heaven, into the third heaven, uh, but, uh, but the man who is in hell was in hell when Jesus Christ gave this illustration is still there today. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you and we'll begin in verse 19 and go down through to the end of the chapter. It says, there was a, a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate Full of, full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear, hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be here tonight. It's, uh, Lord, a, a serious, very serious, sober subject that we're speaking on this evening, the the subject of hell and hell, it's, so, it's serious and it's sober because it's a real place. And it's in existence and there are people there tonight. There are people that are suffering tonight because they never trusted 
the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, I pray that you get a hold of our hearts tonight and help us to uh, cement maybe a little bit more firmly in our hearts and souls the reality of hell and that it is a real place and that real people are going there every day because they've not trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. We ask your blessings upon this time. May the Spirit of God open our hearts, speak to our hearts, and take the Word of God and apply it. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts today, may our desire be that we'd respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Hell is a real place, and that means that there's real fire. Now, it's not necessarily the kind of fire that we experience here physically, but it is fire, and it is real. Uh, it's real torment. It's real souls. If you've been saved for very long, you probably know some people, and I know some people, I know I have some loved ones, that if they did not, and of course you don't know what happened at the final hours of their life, but uh, I, I know loved ones that, that I have had over the years that have passed away, and if they did not repent, if they did not trust Jesus Christ as Savior, they're there tonight. You know, the, one of the, the, the um, terrible things about this story is that when, when Jesus told this account, when I say story, I'm talking about a real account. Uh, when Jesus told this account, the man was already, the rich man was already in hell. And uh, not only was he there then, but now 2,000 years later, he is still in hell. And he is still in torments. And, and you say, wow, you know, the Bible says in the book of Revelation about the smoke of their torment uh, ascendeth forever and ever. And, and that just means that it's, it's in, in eternal torment. You say, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's hard, that's tough. Yes, it is. But understand what it, what it is. It is an eternal payment that a person is making because their sins have not been have not been taken care of, have not been forgiven because they've not trusted Christ as Savior, anyone can, can avail themselves of that payment. Anyone can avail themselves of that forgiveness. But if they don't and they die in their sins, that's where they go for all eternity because they have sinned against a holy and eternal God. And, uh, uh, you know, the thing we need to ask ourselves and, and I, I have to push the reset button in my own life often. We get, we get so wrapped up in this life here, we forget about eternity. And oftentimes we think about heaven. Uh, I think the older you get, I think the more you think about heaven. Amen? I, I, just, I, th I think that's, that's just the truth. Uh, you know, I was talking to Justin Bouchard before the service. And, uh, and he said, you know, we're going to have a new body. Amen. Well, yeah, we are. And we talk about that. But you know what we don't think much about? We don't think about, about, much about the fact that hell is just as real as heaven is. And there are people down there that will never, ever, ever escape. And, and the, 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 the question I want to pose to you tonight is just a real simple one. And that is, is, is hell a reality to you? You know, is it something that from time to time you think about and it's a reality and it motivates you to do some things? 
if, if hell is real, it's to you personally, and it is real whether it's real to you or not, but it is real. If hell is real, however, personally to you, it will affect what you do. Let me give you some things tonight that uh, uh, the reality of hell will affect in your life. First of all, it'll, it'll cause you to cry out. If you look in verse uh, 23 and 24, it says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. It's interesting to note that when the rich man died and went to hell, he had eyes. He had a tongue. He had, uh, he had uh, lips that he could speak words with. Um, you know, he was able to feel pain. He was tormented in this flame. Uh, the in indication, the implication there is that the soul is a bodily shape. And when the body dies, the soul is taken out of the body and either goes to heaven or to hell. Um, but in hell, he actually experiences some things. And those experiences caused him to cry out to Father Abraham. Well, if, if you and I believe in hell, it'll cause us to cry out too. It'll cause us to cry out. It'll cause us to cry out for, for mercy now if, you're, if, if, you're, if a person is lost without Christ and they, they, they are not yet saved, if they understand hell and they understand what the Bible says about how you can get forgiveness of sins, you'll cry out for forgiveness. Take your, take your Bibles and turn with me. Keep your finger here, but go to Matthew 10. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, look down in verse 20, 28, if you would. Matthew 10, 28. Jesus is speaking and he says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I've heard some, some people expound on that and say, well, that's talking about the devil. No, it's not talking about the devil at all. It's talking about God. God says... Depart from me, you wicked, into everlasting fire, for I never knew you. Uh, it's God who, you know, and you hear people say, well, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Yes, he does, according to the scripture. He most certainly does. And uh, if, if, if a person really believes in hell and understands it, and they're not saved, they'll cry out and they'll ask God to save them. They need, they, they'll realize that they're a sinner and that, that you're going to end up there for all eternity. I'll tell you, one of the biggest motivating factors in, on February 20th, 1969, at 1 o'clock in the morning, that caused me to cry out to God and ask God to save me was that I knew if I didn't, I'd die and go to hell for, for all eternity. Hell became a reality to me. And because it was a reality to me, I cried out. Now, you know what? I'm glad that the Lord uh, put circumstances in my life and that I responded the way that I did. Because if I didn't cry out then, I might already be crying out next to that rich man. Uh, you, who knows?
you know, how long I would have lived afterwards. And I, I, might, I might still be alive today. But someday, without Christ as Savior, uh, you'll find yourself crying out. And, and, and when a person understands that this side of heaven, now the other side, there's no mercy. You know, he said, listen, uh, your opportunity to get mercy was while you were on the earth. Now that you're in hell, there is no, and there are, there is no answer for mercy in hell. The second thing that, that it causes us to do is it causes us to, to cry out to God for others. Um, if, if you really believe that there's a hell, you'll spend time in prayer. And you'll pray for people that are going there. And all of us know people that are going there. Uh, and and uh, if you're glad that you're going to heaven and you fear the, the flames of hell for others, then you'll cry out to God and ask, ask God to work in their hearts and lives and bring them to a place of repentance where they trust him as Savior. And, and the other thing we'll do is we'll cry out to others and we'll warn others ab about the place that uh, that uh, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, where the, the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Um, you know, I, I, there, I, I know all kinds of people. I know, uh, and I, I just mean people in general, okay? Uh, people in general are in two categories. There's saved or lost. I know lost people that are nice people. I know uh, saved people that are, excuse me, lost people that are... Um, uh, I, I know lost people who are nice people. I know lost people who are mean people. I know lost people who like me. I know lost people that hate my guts. Can I tell you something? There is nobody, there is nobody that I ever want to go to hell. There is nobody, nobody. And uh, uh, if that's the case, then it's our job to warn them. Uh, if you know, think, think, of, think of somebody right now that you know that's in your circle of influence that's lost. It might be a family member. It might be somebody you work with. It might be a friend, a neighbor, whatever. Think of that person right now. And then ask yourself this question. If I don't warn them about hell, who will? Who will? Who's going to warn them? If I don't warn them and and having that real belief in hell is a firm belief in in eternity uh, of, of fire and eternity of torment where the smoke of their torment ascendeth forever and ever will grip a hold of you and will cause you to be a witness for Christ if you really believe that there's a hell and it's real to you. The second thing it'll do is, I believe it'll make you missions-minded. And it'll make you missions-minded and make you a witness all at the same time. Um, look down in verses 27 and 28. It says, Then he said, I pray thee, and this is the, the rich man speaking, he says, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, speaking of Lazarus, to my father's house. Now, you know what he's saying? He's saying, resurrect him. Uh, take, him, take him out of Abraham's bosom. Put him back on the earth. Let him go shake those folks up. Man, they need to know about this place. And he says in verse 28, For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. 
You know, the, the rich man in hell tonight believes in missions. He believes in witnessing. He believes, believes in soul winning. Um, God has given all of us a sphere of influence. And some of our spheres of influence, you know, overlap. But in a lot of cases, there are people that you come in contact with that I will never come in contact with. Uh, there, are, there are people that uh, you will come in contact with that even other people in your family will never come in contact with. And, and, and what that means is that we have a responsibility. And our responsibility is to, to uh, tell them about Jesus Christ and tell them about the forgiveness is full and free in Christ so that they can avoid going to hell for, for all eternity. If, 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 you, if you believe in the reality of hell, uh, you'll give to missions. You know, one thing that uh, I got early in my Christian life, and it was, it was pushed pretty hard, and I'm glad it was. And uh, when I went to, to school, I went to a school that was really, really strong on missions. And when I say missions, of course, it starts at home, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, you know, it's, it, but it starts at home, but it goes all over the world. As a, as a church, we have, we have a privilege of being able to give to missions and, and to send missionaries all around the globe. Uh, and, and the more hell is a reality to you, the more you'll have a desire to do that. We're going to have a missions conference this year. We're having one in, I believe it's the month of October. And, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I really am. I love missions conferences. One of the reasons why I love missions conferences is because I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. And I want, the, I want folks... Uh, in, in other cities, and I want folks in other states, and I want folks in other countries, and I want folks on other continents to have the same opportunity and get confronted just like I was confronted one day when a preacher sat me down and said, if you were to die today, are you absolutely positive you go to heaven? And I said, no, I, I don't know that for sure. He said, well, let me take some time and show you how you can get that thing settled. I'm thankful he did that because that night I got saved. That night I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And so if, if, you, uh, if you really believe in hell and it's a reality to you, it'll make you very missions-minded. Um, I, I would encourage you, if you believe in hell, go on a missions trip. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've gone to different places. Uh, our teens years ago went to uh, Mexico. Uh, some of our teens, some of you folks went to uh, Korea. We've been to uh, Belize, and uh, I've, I've, been to, I've been to Russia. Uh, some of you have been to, on some missions trips, uh, Bulgaria and so forth, that I haven't been on. But why do you go? You know, what, what's, what's the purpose of going? I can rem In fact, I was talking with, uh, with someone here just, just recently about the, the, the missions trip that uh, I took to Russia back, what was it, 2001. It was right after 9-11. And uh, I'll never forget that, that, uh, that campaign and the service that we had that, that night. It was in Chibuksari, Russia. While we were there, <clears throat> we, were, we had just got done passing out invites and, um, 
uh, Gospels of John and Romans in Russian. And uh, we were waiting for our ride to come pick us up. And we were on a, a major thoroughfare in the, right down in the middle of Chibuksari. And someone was walking across the street. And a car came around the corner and hit that person. I've never seen an accident like that. Be, I, I never saw one before. I've never seen one since. I never want to see anything like that again. And that, that person got literally thrown like a rag doll between 30 and 50 feet. Got blam! Just wow, gone. I am positive that that person, whether they did it immediately or later on, I'm, I'm quite sure that they went into eternity. And I remember standing there watching that and thinking, where is that person going to go? If they're all, where are they if they're already dead? And if they, they die subsequently later on tonight, where will they be? And we, we had, a, we had a, a, a meeting in a, a big auditorium. It was an un, unusual situation over in Russia. If you, if you um, rent an auditorium, that's all you get. You get the auditorium. Oh, you know, they've got chairs and so forth. You don't get a sound system. You have to rent a sound system. And so they rented a sound system. Well, they not only had to rent a sound system, but they had to pay the guy that they rented the sound system from to run the sound system. Problem. The guy showed up absolutely, totally drunk. And during the whole program, he was playing with the knobs and putting the volume up, putting the volume down, and, and changing the bass and changing the treble and just, just making a, a mess out of the whole thing. During that, uh, during that presentation, they, they gave the gospel and people came forward and some folks got saved that night. But right in front of me, there was an Orthodox priest. And... Uh, he turned around and saw that I, that I had a Bible and uh, started asking me some questions. And uh, after the whole service was over, he said, I want to talk to you some more. And he, he, wasn't, he wasn't goading me. He wasn't, uh, you know, he, he wasn't uh, uh, trying to, to, to harass me in any way that I could see. He spoke broken English, but he spoke English. He was able to get through it. I could speak no Russian at all. And uh, we spoke back and forth. And I kept telling, you know, I asked him, I said, are you absolutely positive that your sins are forgiven? And he said, no, he wasn't. And at one point, in fact, I remember it very clearly. We were up in the front and I was sitting on, a, on the stage and he was talking back and we were talking back and forth. And I kept telling him that if he didn't trust Christ as Savior, he's going to go to hell for all eternity. And he just looked at me, and just as serious as a judge, he said, David, he says, you have troubled my soul tonight. Well, good, good, I, I'm glad, because that's the first step. If you can't get someone's soul troubled, if, someone's, if they just nonchalantly listen to what you say, it doesn't grip them. But I've often wondered about that guy. Uh, everyone who came there that night could get a full Bible. And uh, uh, whether or not he got one, I, I, I don't know. But, uh, 
you know that when when you when when you believe in the reality of of hell, you believe in missions, and you you it it affects your your belief in in the importance of outreach. I met a missionary this last week when I was down at Richmond, and uh, he had a he had a hat. He gave me one, uh, and and uh, I. He was, he was talking to me, and I kept looking at his hat, looking at his hat. His hat just had, had one word across the top, and that word was focus. That's it. It's all said. Focus. And then underneath, he had Matthew chapter uh, 28, 19, and 20. Go ye into all the world and, and uh, uh, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so forth, and and uh, I I looked at that I looked at that hat and I I looked at that that verse underneath and I thought you know that's exactly what we need to do we need to focus uh, we've had so many things distracting us and taking our attention away from the thing that is the most important and that is that souls are dying and going to hell and and if we don't tell them nobody else will well one of the things he he challenged throughout the week and he did it a couple times. He's a missionary to Mexico, and uh, he, uh, he challenged us to consider giving out a tract once a day, basically average, and there may be some days you can't do it, but you make up for it in other days, and he said just average uh, one tract a day every week. Now, you know what, you th you know, and I sat there and listened to him say that, and I thought, well, that, you know, that anybody could do that. Every, every child in this place can do that. Every adult certainly can do that. So, well, well I, I can give out 15 tracks a week. Why don't you just start with one? And I, I, I thought about this. In fact, I did this figuring here earlier today. Uh, let's just say, and we've got more than 40 people here, but let's just say 40 people tonight 40 decide I am going to give out one tract every day and I'm going to average seven tract gospel tract. Now we got all kinds of them out there. Feel free to take them when you leave. But uh, I'm going to give out one tract a day. You know what that, that comes out to be? Uh, that comes out to be 280 tracts now, I'm not talking about just taking them and putting them inside magazines and the, the checkout line or something like that. I'm talking about handing it to somebody. Hand, hand one person every day, seven a week, hand them a track. That turns out to be 280 tracks in a week. Now, that's pretty good. Uh, this week, if we started this week and we went through August, which would be eight weeks, we would give out 2,000. 240 tracks. If we went through to the end of the year, we'd give out over 7,000 tracks. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think we're giving out 7,000 tracks between now and now, you know, the last, the last few months? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know why? Because hell's not real sometimes. And it needs to become a reality. If hell's a reality, it'll make you missions-minded. If hell's a reality, it'll, it'll help you endure the evil things of life. Look down at verse 25. 
It says, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Uh, it'll help you endure the evil things in life. Lazarus was, was at the rich man's gate every day, and, and uh, he never helped him. He could have helped him, but he didn't help him. And, and the truth of the matter is people will, will mistreat you in this life. Uh, there's people that are, that are clueless, and there's people that are clueless that are, that are heading for hell. Um, we should, you know, the fact that we, we suffer evil things at the hands of others and in the hands of, uh, because of various circumstances, ought to, ought to give us compassion on those that have no hope. It's one thing to go through difficulties in life, and you've said this, I know you have, I know I've said it. Boy, I can't imagine going through, fill in the blank, whatever it might be, I can't imagine going through that without Christ. I can't imagine going through that and dying and going to hell for all eternity. Well, you know what that ought to do? That ought to tug at your heartstrings. Man, that ought, to, that, ought to, that ought to cause you to be, and I, to be compassionate for others. We, we should have a heart of compassion. These folks, if they don't trust Christ as Savior, uh, regardless of what they're going through now, it's nothing compared to what they're going to go through when they, when they hit hell's flames. Um, you know, sometimes we, we get bothered by uh, how other people, uh, whether it be saved or lost, or how other people treat us. Can I tell you something? That is nothing compared to what a lost soul is going to go through if they die in their sins and go to hell for all eternity. You know, we, we say, uh, you know, we ought, we ought to uh, uh, live with hope in our hearts because we are going to go to heaven and 100 years from now, these trials down here will mean nothing. Well, one of the things that can help you and, and help you gain perspective is that that's not true for anybody who's lost and dies and goes to hell. I mean, yeah, they, they might have gone through some difficulties here, but like I said, it's nothing compared to what they're going to have to go through for all eternity in the, in the flames and fires and, of hell. Uh, you know, face it, uh, whatever, whatever you are facing today, it is nothing in comparison to hell. Another thing that uh, the reality of hell will do is it'll, it'll cause us to believe in the necessity of repentance. Look down in verses 29 through 31 says, Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. You know, for the longest time, I still hear it from time to time, there's an there's a issue back and forth of whether or not a person has to repent when they trust Christ as their Savior. If you don't think that, that a person has to have a heart of repentance, you haven't read your Bible. I mean, it's all the way through there. And here's, here's the fact of the matter. People in hell tonight believe in repentance. They believe in repentance. Because this, this man's saying, listen, if, if you just raise him from the dead and he goes to, to see my, my loved ones, they'll repent. Verse 31, and he, said unto him, and he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets. And what he was simply referring to there was scripture, Old Testament scripture. He's saying if they, won't, if they won't heed to what the Bible says, 
neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if your sin is not forgiven, that's what takes us to hell. We need to have a, a, re, a, repentant, a repentant spirit uh, when it comes, to, when it comes to, to sin. In order for a person to be saved, they have to repent. In order for a person to properly serve God who is saved, we need to repent. And if a person really, you know, hell is a reality to us, then, uh, then, then we'll believe in repentance, not only for those that are saved and, or that are lost in order to, to trust Christ as Savior, uh, but also for those, for those that, are, that are saved in order to be able to properly serve God. Um, you know, I, I just, I have, and, and I, I, I so appreciate the people of this church. I so appreciate the way, and I've, I've watched over the years, I've seen how you folks deal with people about salvation. And uh, uh, I, I went out years ago. I uh, went out with another Baptist preacher in another town under different circumstances. And we were, we were going door to door. He saw somebody in a driveway. He stopped, stopped him. He talked with him for a few minutes. And within, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating here at all, within 10 minutes or less, he led him to Christ. I have no, I, I have no uh, assurance that that man had any understanding, but he got him to say the prayer. Uh, you know what? The prayer saves nobody. It's belief and trust in Christ. It's not just saying a, a, a series of words, but it's having a repentant heart and a heart of belief on Jesus Christ. And when a person, when, when, when hell is a reality, then that stuff becomes serious. And you don't just frivolously deal with people. You take time and, and, and you, you, you take some effort in it. And then the last thing that a reality of hell does for us is it causes us to love and appreciate our Savior. Uh, you know, you realize the Bible says that as uh, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. When Jonah was in the belly of that whale, you know what he cried over in the book of Jonah? He said, out of the belly of hell, cried I. You put all that together, and you know what your Savior did? Your Savior went to hell for you. Your Savior, your Savior took your sins to hell for you. He paid the complete price for you. And when you really grab a hold of the reality of hell, it really, really makes us appreciate the Savior whom we serve. He paid the price and he delivered us from torment. He delivered us from flames. And he delivered us from darkness. He delivered us from weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, I think uh, back years ago I saw, and I think it was, I think it was Pastor Keck who had it, and uh, he had this saying on the back of his truck. Uh, and uh, I came back, told Grant about it. I think Grant put one very similar to it in the back of his car. And it just simply said this. It's just a simple bumper sticker. It said, the party in hell has been canceled because of the fire. You talk to so many people and they say, well, 
You know, I, I, I don't mind going to hell. I'll just go to hell and party with all my friends. Do you see any kind of party animal in this uh, rich man? I don't. I see torment. I see desperation. Uh, I see uh, an anguish that is going to last for all eternity. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of, of Mark chapter 9. And we're going to close with this. Basically, I'm done. Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, Lord Jesus gives a description of hell. And uh, in verses 43 down through verse 48. In verse 43 it says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if, if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, uh, into the fire that never shall be quenched where the worm dieth not, where the fire is not quenched. And if thine hand offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to, to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Over and over again, he used that term, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You know what he's trying to, to, to express to these people? Hell is real. Hell is real. How real is hell to you? Now, praise the Lord, if you're saved, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you will never feel the fires of hell. And all God's people said, hey, Amen. That's something to get excited about. But that's not true for others. And if hell is a reality to us, it'll change the way we feel, it'll change the way we pray, and it'll change the way we act. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for passages like this, which quite frankly are very hard for me to read. Because I know people right now, they're more than likely in that place called hell. And Lord, I look around and I see people every day. They're heading straight for that place. And you, you know, Lord, sometimes we get, we get frustrated with folks and, and uh, we might even get angry at somebody who pulls out in front of us or, or someone who mistreats us at work. This, but the fact of the matter is we need to never forget that someday they're gonna spend some place in eternity. And it's only one of two places. It's either heaven or it's hell. And the truth of the matter is, you've made it very, very clear and very plain that most people are going to reject the Savior. And sometimes they reject them because they reject you because they're just angry and bitter and they just don't want to believe. Sometimes we had the opportunity to tell them, and we neglected that opportunity. 
Lord, may uh, the things that we read and the things that we heard from your word tonight become a reality in our hearts. And uh, Father, work in our hearts, not just tonight, but throughout the week and bring this message and these verses back to our hearts and minds as we deal with people all week. Please have your will and your way in each and every heart tonight as you speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, may we respond. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.